Jesus said, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Welcome to the Evangelia Show. Hear life-changing testimonies from our paradise Cook Islands with your host, Mania Clark Mamanu. Kia ora na. welcome back to Te Media Show, our second for 2023 and really excited to hear again from Vernon Horn to hear his testimony with us more and the fantastic things that God is and has done in his life. Vern, thank you for coming back again. Yeah, thank you for having me again. I'm excited especially to share what God's put on my heart but also just the encounters I got to have with him. So. I hope the rest of you are blessed as well and not bored of me yet. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Vern, last time we spoke, you shared how you encountered the agape, unconditional love of God, during a ministry visit in Rarotonga. What happened next? And then, so two days later, I have to fly out because mm. um, it's my dad's birthday coming up and it's his 50th. And I told Tao, I was like, I don't want to go to my dad's birthday because I don't want to get trapped or enticed by what everyone's doing. Yes. So we fly back and she's like, Vern, I think it's really important that you go to your dad's birthday because it's his 50th. And in my heart, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, because I know what's all there. And she's like, you'll be okay. Um, before I flew out from the Cook Islands back to Auckland, Paul um, pulled me aside and um, we prayed and then he goes, I want you to remember this when you go back home. You're a new creation, but people are going to think you're still the same. You're yeah. born again. And I was just like, yeah. So then we end up going back home. Um, I end up going to my dad's 50th at the start. I feel sweet. I'm just like, sweet. This is okay. And then I wake up the next morning not knowing what happened. Um, oh. So I ended up getting blackout drunk. Um, I can't remember how it started or how it happened. I got blackout drunk. I ended up arguing with my mum. I ended up arguing with my brothers. Okay. Me and Taos even had a fight, um, like an argument, not a fist fight, sorry, an argument. Um, but we still got home. And then in that morning, um, that Sunday morning, I woke up and I just looked up. And I just said, this is why you should never give me an opportunity because I'm going to let you down every single time. And that's what I said to God. Okay, if you keep doing this, I'm going to let you down every single time. So don't come at me again. I'm going back to where I was. So that was after this amazing encounter I had with okay. God. And I just said, I don't want to keep letting you down. I don't want to keep hurting people around me, but that seems to be all I can do. And um, so Taos goes, get up, we're going to church. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going. And she's like, we're going to church. I'm like, nah. So I pulled a blanket over my head and I'm like, my head's sore, I'm hungover. I feel like I feel like rubbish, trash. I'm not going. And so she pulls the blanket off and um, my stubbornness, I'm like, I don't care. It's freezing cold, but I'm going to sit here. And then I was like, yeah, I just better get changed and go get something to eat. I am feeling hungry anyway. So I was making up all these excuses not to go to church. So we go to church and I go, we're sitting at the back. Like, uh, I try to push my authority a bit. I was like, we're sitting at the back. And she's like, no, we're not. She's just smiling at me the whole time. It's like, no, we're not. And she goes to the front and I'm like, 
she, did she, was she drinking with you as well? No, no? she wasn't. Right. So, so she so, didn't drink. Yeah. So she was still in her right mind. Um, she was still, so, so she. She's still excited for you. So it's, it's a, it's a, so you know, it's a. excitement there. It's a, tr- it's a stumble, but hey, it's not the end, eh? Yeah. It's not the end of faith. Exactly. So, and then I just go, oh my gosh. So I go up the front and then I'm, I'm like falling asleep. Um, during the preacher and then again I have this moment and I just sit there with God and I go I'm here again I don't know what to say but I'm gonna hurt you again and then when I said that um, everything just like everything just went quiet I heard nothing everything just went quiet I sat there and then all I heard were the three words, I love you. Um, and that was God saying it to me. And at that moment, I just broke down. Halfway through this guy's sermon, I had no idea what he was preaching about. But I broke down and I just fell, like, fell off my chair. And I was just like, wow. why do you want to love me? Like, like, this is me having this moment with God. I don't know what everyone else was thinking about. I'm just like, why do you want to love me? Like, who am I? Are you saying I? that audibly? Or are you saying yeah, that? I, um, so, so I'm saying it out while I'm sitting there because that was the first time I ever heard God's audible voice and it was wow. just felt powerful when I just heard the words, I love you. And then I was just like, why me? Like, why do you want to love me? Look what I've done. I can't do anything for you. So I'm having this, I don't know what's happening and I'm just having this conversation with God and I'm like, you can't love me. And he's like, I love you. And I won't ever leave you. And then I'm just like, and then I break down and I go, and this is the day that changed everything. So it was, it's it's about 10 years, 2012. And then this is where things all started to change. And I go, you know what? And I said, I love you back. Um, For me, the only person I ever said I love you to real often was Taos. I barely said it to my mom. I barely said it to my dad or anyone else. Just the Taos. And I said to God, I go, I love you too. And then from that day, um, as soon as I got up onto my feet, sat back on my chair with all my snot and crying and towels just hugging me, like, because like, I ended up explaining to her after what happened. And I just said, God, I'm never turning my back on you again. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes I am going to stuff up. But if you can come to me at this time that I needed you, I'll do anything you want and what you ask of me and I'll go for you and then from that day so it's like the second time I gave my heart to God mm. in like three days you know first you repented yeah. you repented I repented the second yeah. one was you repented yeah but all of this I had no idea what was happening and then everything just started changing the next day I went to work and I just felt life like I didn't feel like I was going into a prison again where it's like oh great eight to five I'm here stuck here for a week and I get to party and then my urges to drink my urges to do drugs or just completely stopped wow like just stopped and my language started to change even Tao said I looked a little bit different and I was just like oh what what does that mean mm-hmm. you know but it's like the presence of God overwhelmed me and filled me that I started to look different started to act different and and I'm still new learning about God and then within two weeks I heard someone talk about baptism and I'm like, baptism? What is that? I haven't opened my Bible yet. Okay. So I haven't opened a Bible yet. I'm just learning about things from people. Like they're like, oh, you should read the Bible 
to get to know more and I'm just like oh no I got intrigued by what people were saying I was like what's baptism and they're like oh it's what we do when you've given your heart to God and you believe he's your Lord um your Lord and Savior and we baptize you in the name of um Jesus the Son the Father and the Holy Spirit and I'm like cool I want to get baptized so I get baptized like within two weeks wow. of giving my heart to God and I just feel this love and then uh God brings something to me that's hard, like hard one night. He just goes, what you're doing right now isn't right. And it's because me and Taz are still sleeping in the same mm. room. We're in the same house. And I go, what do you mean? And he's like, it isn't right. You need to honor this woman. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And, we, and we've been engaged for like five, six years. Yeah. And then um, and he's like, you need to marry her. And I'm like, oh, okay then. And I say, we're getting married. And she's like, oh we got no money and I'm like it's alright we'll, we'll, we'll think of something we'll just do something and she's like oh we'll go to the registry office so for that week I decided to sleep in the lounge I was like I'm not sleeping um, we're not okay. sleeping in the same room so I moved just to honour God honour her so then um, I call up my mum and I say I'm marrying Taos and it's next week she wasn't happy um, neither was my dad they're like we they wanted to be to there. Have a, yeah. they wanted to be there and I'm like for me this is to honour God and like at that time they didn't understand what was going on and they're like okay well, whatever uh, and then within that week me and Taos get married and I just feel things moving and then God goes you need to learn more about me but you're not going to hear it from other people you need mm. to learn yourself wow. and I'm like okay and then Taos bought me a bible my very first bible and then the first page I opened it to was Ephesians chapter 2 and I got verse 1 and 5 and um, it just talks about how you used to be walking in the ways of the world but then God's grace set you free and now you're walking this way yeah. and then um, so I even ended up getting it tattooed on me because it's the very first scripture I read in the Bible and it's it was for rima. me yeah. yeah it was your rima word exactly wow. and then um, I ended up getting it tattooed on me you know just because his arms were open even though I was walking in all this muck and yuck um, that I was doing but that was all physical stuff and then um, the next scripture he gave me was Luke 15 the prodigal son or the loving yes. father and it's just like that's always stuck with me those those two scriptures throughout my walk and how I see people is like this is how God saw me so this is how he wants no me to see other people no yeah. matter what you're doing you know. in the pigsty he still loves exactly. you welcomes you back yeah and and I was just amazed by that. But I never knew how much harder it would be once I gave my heart to God. Because now I had dealt with all the physical. But now he wanted to get to my heart. That was hard. That was hard for me. Um, things like saying I love you was hard. Things like saying I'm proud of you. But a lot of it stuck with my identity. Where... I felt people only liked me when I was doing good things and it just hit when I was younger so when I was 14 mm. when I 14 15 when I broke my ankle people stopped loving me that's what I felt your worth was all tied up in what you could do and, and what achieve. I could do yeah and then it came to when I was 18 um stealing cars then when I stopped all that group disappeared again and it's like man where did all these people go and then from like 18 to 21 or 22 my drinking friends that you know when you're drinking you're like yeah we're ride or die as soon as i stop drinking and give my heart to god they all just 
but God was cleaning up. But it, then, like He cleaned up what was around me and surrounded me with what I needed. Mm. Um, but then He's like, I gotta deal with some of the stuff that's in your heart. And He's like, You got offenses, you got to deal with. So I had to deal with a lot of that um, hurt, heartbreak, and then um, there was one. <laughs> There's two. Two of them that were the hardest ones I ever had to deal with that God had to heal me from. Um, and only he could do it. No one else but um so at a young age I forgot all about it, but God brought it back up because he knew that it was something that I had to deal with yes. because it was stopping areas. And then he goes, You know this really happened, eh? And I'm like, No, it didn't. He's like, This really happened and um we flew over to Aussie at a young age and um I was molested by one of my cousins mm -hmm. and it hurt it hurt the pain I was carrying because through that pain and that hurt I had to block it so that I felt like it never happened yes. and then that's what I did in my mind I was like it's it's not real but I knew it I knew about it but I was like it's not real it's not real it's not real it didn't happen and God goes you have to deal with this because you got so much unforgiveness and hurt and pain and it's not allowing you to forgive in other areas and I'm like you can't forgive someone when they've done that to you. No way. You can't tell me to do that. And he's like, you got to forgive him because if you can't forgive him, you can't forgive yourself. And I'm like, I can't. Like, there's nothing like that. I'm, I'm not going to forgive him for it. No way. God's just massaging with me for a while. And I haven't told anyone about this. Wow. So no one knows about this. Not even Taos. And then Taos goes, hey, there's something God said that you need to tell me. And I'm like, that's when everything just sunk. Like, you know, when you freeze and you're like, fear caught me. Because it's like, I'm showing her a weakness and she might think differently of me as a man. Sure. And I'm like, I can't tell her. I can't tell her. I can't tell her. And I start crying. And then and I'm like, okay, there's nothing worse than crying in front of your wife where she thinks it's over nothing. And I'm just like, I sat down and then I just, and then, I talk, and then when I'm able to grab the courage, I just said, I was molested when I was younger by one of my cousins. And then, you know, she broke down and then she offered me, she was hugging me, crying with me. And then she got a bit angry. And then that's when I realized that that's that unforgiveness that God wants me to deal with is because that unforgiveness I have was easily put on her. Sure. You know, but then she, she was just walking with me and then I'm just like, okay, God, I've told her. And then this is all on a Sunday. And then after our lunch, we end up going to a night service. And then this guy talks. He's, he's just sharing and he's like, there's things people need to let go because it's hindering you. And then I just like, I'm going up, I'm letting it go. And then I went up to the front to this altar call, just fell to my knees, started bawling. And I said, all the pain, all the hurt that I'm carrying from what happened to me at this age, Lord, take it. Take it, the unforgiveness, the hurt. I need you to take it from me because I don't know what to do with it. I'm holding on to it and it's making me this type of person. And then this guy, um, Charles, he just comes, he's like six foot four. And he just comes and just hugs me on the ground and just starts singing God's love over me. And then I'm just like, just still crying and I'm just like in this moment where I'm like Lord take it and I felt all the unforgiveness that I had towards this person but everyone else they had no idea they had hurt me or just lift off 
I just felt a breaking, like a chain just got ripped off and it's like, you're able to forgive because you're forgiven him, you're forgiven yeah. yourself for what you've done to these other people and these other people that hurt you, you're forgiven them. And I was just like, it was so hard. Like sharing it sounds easy, but mm. the process of having to deal with it or even talk about it was the hardest part. Because mm. then that next week I was preaching and God goes, you're sharing on this. Wow. And then that week I found out that one of my family members were coming into service and I was like, I'm not sharing this in front oh, of them, ain't wow. no way. Because none of the, none of my family knew, like no one really knew. And then I was like, I'm not sharing that. That's just showing um, some real vulnerability right there. Yeah. And then he's like, you share it. And then I was like, I had it on the side of my message, that, that very point, and I had it and I shared just about coming to Jesus, how he can set you free, his yoke is easy and light and coming through and then um, I shared that and then at this moment I looked at that family member when I was preaching and God goes you preaching this isn't for you it's for him and I'm like okay so then I ended up sharing that story and I see him walk out and I'm just like oh no and um, when I went out and talked to him he ended up sharing with me the same thing happened to him when he was younger you know, and then there was just a breaking free for us. We were able to deal with it. But this was his words. He goes, at this time, I don't know God. I don't know anything, but I can't forgive him for what he did. But I understand what you're saying about forgiving. Like, it isn't your fault. It happened to you. And that's something that he walked around for, with for years saying, it's, it's my fault. It happened. It's mm. my fault. It happened. When he heard me say, it's not your fault. It happened to you. There was a breaking free of God, just allowing him. So he got to encounter God without realizing wow. it. You know, and then it's just one of those moments where I understood that vulnerability allows vulnerability, but you got to be smart with who you share your vulnerability sure. with because sometimes the people you share it with can turn it into gossip. But if you're free from it and don't worry about it, what they intended for to hurt you is actually something that started where God's like, these people are going to start coming and sharing with you because now there's a freedom there because sure. you've dealt with it. Yes. And then that was a miracle in itself because then it helped me deal with so much of my attitude, my pride, my unforgiveness, my love, my healing, you know. It just helped me deal with everything. And then that, that was a two-year process of just dealing with that one problem wow. until I was able to let it open my hand and give it to God, everything else changed. But it's a huge thing that God God knew it matters, eh? And yeah. it take as long as it takes. Exactly. You know, to bring freedom to us. Amazing. And that's it, yeah. So there's, so that freedom I got to encounter is just something I walk in now where it's like I want other people to taste and see that God is good. Mm. He's not this person that people think that sits on a throne and is constantly judging like you need to stop this you need to do that mm. instead he's that um father in luke 15 he goes out and meets you where you are with arms open and embraces you even though you still got all your muck and yuck on you or stinking of it like if you're still walking in sin if you're still doing bad things he's still receiving you with open arms mm. and then that's something that's changed for me is because it's like if I'm able to taste that freedom, this is who he is. And it's like, 
once you encounter that it's like you can't get enough of it you know and it's mm. just like i'm still walking through a lot of things but god's dealt with it with a lot of the root causes of issues or problems mm. and now you're here yeah you're part of the youth ministry you're part of the eldership for yeah. arepua church gateway you've also initiated the fierce yes um, yeah fitness challenge to help tiles but literally tons of people on the island that need that um, encouragement to live healthier we all do and yeah. we all should for myself it's more than just a f- like a fitness program what god told me when we were thinking of doing this program was he goes there's people that deal with anxiety there's people that deal with depression there's people that deal with self-doubt so it's more than just about weight loss you know because a lot mm. of it is like people want to i want to lose weight i want to lose weight but mm. actually you got to build habits and god talks about healthy habits so healthy it's building healthy habits, habits. Nice. and then it's also building a place where they feel free enough to be able to be who they are without worrying about what other people are going to think it creates a safe environment like this is all god's presence when it comes to our program and he just creates a safe environment where people can talk where people can have conversations but we've even had some just last year that dealt with anxiety or depression that dealt with fear and it's like wow god you done that during this program like it wasn't just about them losing weight it's so much more you know mm. and then that's what we really felt um we still feel the same this year but we believe that there's going to be some bigger opportunities open where it's going to be dealing with i guess some things like pride you know it's just going to be dealing with mm. these and doors will open up in different businesses as well what are you always mindful of you know for each task or each challenge that you're doing with the group so when it comes to it we're always putting god first in it um in each one and believing that he's gonna reveal himself in those areas but we believe that people come back to what they enjoy we give them hope and their hope or belief and it's like throughout our programs we always encourage them as like if you come back with us we receive you with open arms if you move on we're still there to connect with you yeah you know it's like we haven't forgotten about you we're not going to get offended if you move somewhere else instead we know that we've done what we could here and you have to grow somewhere else every now and then you know it's like actually there's going to be a point where you have to grow and you have to move on at the moment we're building um, a few different leaders in the groups um three of them at the moment that we're building into so that it isn't just like myself or towels but there's other other ladies coming through that have done the program and have conquered some of the stuff that they couldn't deal with and now it's just time to pass on happy to to share that with others fantastic so your family now you're coming into your 11th year of faith yeah how have they been impacted by your turnaround? Um, my family now, they, a lot of them look to me for advice and comfort because of what I carry. It isn't me, it's Christ in me. So in the early years, they couldn't understand it. They were just like, oh. Your instant or, or very quick turnaround. Yeah, because, we, because one of the things was like my sister, i never forget it. Me and Tazza on the phone. I told her, oh, yeah, we're getting married. And she's like, ugh, 
we don't do that as a family. And I cracked up. <laughs> I started laughing because I'm like, and, and, and I'm like, you egg, mum and dad's married. And she's like, yeah, but we don't. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, but Just now. No understanding. No, no understanding of it. You know, and then, but now it's like, God's moving in them, yet they haven't given their hearts. They haven't given yet. their hearts to God yet. I always say yet because I know they will. It might not be me that gets to be a part of it. Oh, well, actually, I am a part of it. Be the one where they say, I give my heart to God. But actually, I got to be a part of it and helping them grow because there's a lot of them, a lot of my family, so my close siblings that have dealt with... Um, unforgiveness mm. the pain the hurt but also talking about advice into how we deal with problems so a lot of the thing my family used to do was backstab and gossip but now they've come to a point where like even my mum if there's bickering between um, my siblings she's like don't come complain to me to put me on your side I'm not a part of it you used to deal with it because it's your problem and for me I'm like Go, mom, because that wouldn't have happened. Wow. She would usually carry offenses to one of the sides that she heard first, sure. and then the other side. Even though there was incorrect stuff, she would carry offenses. With. But she's able to deal with it. And the same with my dad. Um, what I love is we get to hug. It wasn't something we did often growing up, um, but we hug. We say I love you, and just spending time with my dad, being able to laugh and enjoy each other's company without the pressures of. I know, Dad, this is what you wanted me to be. But look where I am now because of what God has done. Mm -hmm. You know, and my dad loves that. Like, he's like, um, I never ever thought that I would be a part. He would get to be a part of some of the sermons I got to preach. Yes. You know, because he's like, son, I needed to hear that because there's some of the people I'm hanging around that I need to change. You know, but it's like, I'm just watching them all grow. Um, same as my sister. Like, like only girl, she's the hardest one, but she'll come to me and she'll talk to me about just different things that she's walking through in her relationship. And then I'm able to give her biblical advice about try this, try this, even with the upbringing of our, um, our kids, my nieces and nephews. And it's like the upbringing of those areas. You know, I'm able to talk and give them advice into the area. Like one of them recently was our upbringing. We were quite abused verbally. Mm. The verbal abuse is strong. We didn't really get hit, but verbally it was strong. And I told my sister again, the verbal abuse that we got, you're passing down to your kids. If you don't watch it, they're going to do the exact same thing. Mm. So it's like there's a point there where we need to start being nicer. And she's like, I am nice to them, but I'm like, but you still let loose words slip out. Mm. Like, as you do when, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, and sure. it's like, loose words hurt. It's like, I, the first time I ever got called dumb, I carried it with me till I was 20. Yeah. And it's like, you carry, carry it. Carry words. You know, and it's like, without realizing it, and then she's just like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then it's just slowly just, God's, God's I know God's got his hand on them. Mm. And it's like, there's going to be a moment they give their heart to My brother did give his heart to God, but he has slipped back. One of my yes. younger brothers. Um, yeah. That was a teary-eyed moment. Um, he gave his heart to God here as well. And I believe Wonderful. that he's going to recommit his life Absolutely. back to God. You know? 
um, in terms of reconciling after your conversion and things, and you begin to admit things, apologize mm. to parents and and you know family members. How was that to your parents? I think it was a moment of. They said I didn't need to do that. Um, apologize. Yeah, apologize because they're always gonna love me. But I said, this isn't just for you. This is for me as well. Where um, when I apologized to them, it actually opened up a bigger area for us as a family of because it wasn't something we did. No. Yeah. So we don't know how to receive apologies. You know, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, and it's like awkwardly sitting there for like three seconds and then it's like cool change the subject or yeah, change, yeah. <laughs> yeah or you start talking about something else yeah. but when there is it's like now there's a lot of us where we're able to apologize we're able to deal with sure and you just see things moving in my family without realizing it and i'm just like it can ha- it, it happens just when you keep trusting god like yeah i pray for them like i keep praying for them but I know at some stage they're going to give their hearts yes. to God. And I'm like, but I can already see his hand or his fingerprints on each one of them Absolutely. slowly moving Absolutely. in different areas. 2023, what do you see God wants you to be doing now? So he spoke to me a lot um, coming up to the end of the year. So a lot of people do New Year's resolutions. But what I felt was there's a lot of people that are going to cross over. But then it's going, as they cross over, it's not carrying on doing the same thing, but it's getting deeper into Christ. Mm. So it's having a deeper revelation of who he is, where for some of us, it's coming back to the basic because we forgot how to spend time with him. Mm. Um, Exodus 33, um, Moses. So this is when they got told they can enter into the promised land that God gave them. But God's presence isn't going with them. And then Moses understood that the difference between them and everyone else on the world was God's presence. And if they go without God's presence, who who are sure. they? Sure, yeah. You know, exactly. so it's coming into a depth of knowing who Christ is so that we will know who we are ourselves so that we can walk in all he's called us to. So it's just a depth of building depth in Christ again, loving his word his audible word and also his um, written word as mm, well amen. and loving his people so depth's a big one for us this year myself mm, and Taylor. deeper in his presence yeah. yeah even with the teams that we're a part of for worship um, for youth and also in the eldership team just depth what's your vision hopes uh, and work around the youth the mapu on the island Mine is that they can see who they are in Christ or that they know their identity without being swayed when they grow older. So um, you get a lot of youth that come to youth group but don't fully understand who they are. And so then once they get older, they sure. run off and do things, but then they come back and they're still struggling with the exact same thing, their identity. Because you know all about that. Yeah. You've encountered that and the love of God to come come to you eh? yeah exactly so a big one is identity and it's like that's where for me the enemy uses his strength he he knows who you can be yeah he knows who god's called you to be so he's going to do everything to stop you from being who god called you to be that off kill that off yeah 
One of the other things that happened um, last year was the coming together of several Holy Spirit led churches such as yourselves, Arepua, Celebration and Holy Spirit Revival. Mm. So what's your view of that? Like God said, he wanted unity in his body. And um, for me, it's encouraging because you get to connect with other brothers or say other sisters that are hungry in the Lord, but also that will encourage you. Like one of the best things that I love about it is praying together. We had it twice last year. Mm. Or was it three times? It was a men's prayer group where you just have a bunch of men who love God and are just praying. Like for me, that was my first ever time being in something like that. Being in a, a part of something where you just have men just being loud, praying, you know, for our nation, um, our cities, but also our people, um, different um, stuff that people go through as well. And I was just like, Lord, I, I love this. And you see God's moving. He's taking back ground that was stolen. For example, men being men, being men in God, he's, he's taking back land to... Restore that back to them and their family. And their families. Come under that whole anointing of God. Exactly. the husband. Fantastic. What's your, if we were to think of a um, word or encouragement that you would give to our listener as we close? Just from sharing um, the testimony I shared, I know it's not my testimony because it's God's. So my testimony is His story which has now become history. Um, if that encourages you, is, is that the love of God will never push you away, but always bring you back in. Mm. Um, if I can encourage you to read a scripture of love, it's read all of Luke 15. If you want to hear about God's love, you got the lost sheep, you got the lost coin, and you got the prodigal son. That's how much God loves you. If you would like to discuss this testimony more, email all lowercase p number 2 t k a u r i at gmail.com. Kia metaki to ora e kia manuia. Ye koko.